0: This is episode 680 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life, so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's podcast, 8 Rational Reasons to Prepare. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other Preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website. Other benefits include members-only videos, periodic webinars, and bi-monthly meetups. This is a great value for $20 a year. For more information, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Prepper Website Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here and hanging out with me. Hey, I just want to uh, just mention I'm trying to do special editions or special podcasts that I release um, I'm not going to hold myself to a specific time frame or, or specific you know release day or anything like that. Uh, I'm trying to do them at least one extra special episode a week and uh, hopefully that will uh, come out usually on a Wednesday for you, you know, early Wednesday morning. So uh, be on the lookout for that. You know well, I've done some Friday night lives uh, not too long ago. and so if you are a listener to the podcast, you heard the one with uh, Chip, or at least you were made aware of it, uh, with uh, my friends Chip, Brian, and Mick, and we did a live on Get Home Bags, and then uh, this week I'm going to release one on just staying warm when it's cold outside. Uh, the whole country is experiencing this Arctic blast, and so I thought it would be uh, a good time to uh, bring up an article from uh, the past, uh, so one of, one from the archives, so, I'll be looking for that one that will be released early Wednesday morning. All right. So, as we move into this uh, this article here, it's coming to us from foodstoragemoms.com and Linda Loosely over there, um, always uh, putting out a lot of great content. I, I want to just mention there's a lot of people coming to Preparedness, um, a lot of new people that are listening to the podcast, a lot of people that are listening to the or watching videos, um, you know, coming to. The, uh, the websites, and uh, they're trying to figure out what what to do and how to get prepared. But the other side of that is because their eyes have been open, they're trying to get family members prepared and those that they love, uh, maybe those that they care about, um, friends and, and neighbors and, and um, acquaintances, and they're struggling with how to do it without sounding crazy. And so I love this article because it talks about rational reasons why to prepare. And I've said it before, and I'll continue saying it. There are uh, well, this, th- there's no better time than now to than to be able to talk to someone about why you should be preparing. Uh, we've all seen those, um, you know, the shortages because of COVID. Uh, we keep hearing over and over again about food shortages that are coming. And you got to remember there's a lot of food and there's a lot of supply within the lines. And so if there are food shortages or people are warning about food shortages, they will be coming. Um, if, if it's true, they will be coming. And the thing is, is that you won't experience it until you experience it. And so you can hear people talking about it, but then you go to the grocery store and like, yeah, come on, man. You know, the grocery stores are basically, um, except for some parts of the country. I mean, back to normal, you can get everything you want. And so when you hear about there's food shortages or there's food shortages coming, it's, um, it's one of those things where you're like, come on, it's just uh, people trying to scare other people. But the thing is, is, is that it's very possible to the, that that's happening. There's a, a lot of great people out there that are, are talking about that and information So when you talk about that, you talk about all the COVID and just how people respond. Uh, Like I said, we're in an Arctic snap, uh, even down here in Houston. It was funny because on the online meetup this last week, everybody was talking about how cold it was where they were at. And I was joking around, uh, this was Tuesday, uh, on a Tuesday, that's when we have our online meetups, that I was running my air condition because it was so warm down here in Houston. And then all of a sudden we have uh, this cold snap and the governor of Texas had said, you know, the, the, the grid might be taxed so much that people might lose power. Um, and so there's a lot of people that don't know how to respond. But there was also a call that went out and said, hey, you better prepare because we might have some very icy conditions. And for those of you up north, I mean, you have no problem driving in ice and snow and all that kind of stuff. But people down here just don't know how to react. And so when they hear stuff like that, um it was like a hurricane was in the gulf. You know, people were were out and uh I know my wife made a pickup to Sam's and she said the parking lot was completely full, like the whole parking lot. And they have a big parking lot. So, you know, people don't know how to act, don't know how to respond. And so they're, they're facing this this possibility, right? And so just those types of things make for a, a good reason to be prepared so you don't have to face the crowds and in worry about not getting what you need for your family. So again, let's go ahead and jump into this episode or this article coming to us from foodstoragemoms.com. The title is eight rational reasons to prepare. Prepping has a lot to do with hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst. Now, this way of thinking isn't something that sounds like a bad idea to me, yet many preppers receive a ton of backlash and criticism for doing just that. Maybe you've experienced this from one of your family members or friends. It can sting when it comes from someone that you care about. For those of you who are on the fence about preparing or prepping or need some rational reasoning behind what you are doing so you can explain yourself better to your friends and family, I'm here to help you. The truth is, it's not crazy to be a prepper. Here are eight rational reasons to prepare. Number one, to get ready for disasters. This statement alone should be more than enough reason why you need to be a prepper. Being ready for any type of disaster could very well be the difference between life and death for you or one of your family members. And no, I'm not being overly dramatic on this one. Depending upon where you live in the country, there's a real threat that a natural disaster could strike your area at any moment, whether it's a tornado, hurricane, earthquake, wildfire, or flooding. Don't get me started on EMP attacks and solar flares that also pose a potential problem. You'll need the appropriate supplies, food, water, and also survival skills to see you through. Now, this is one of those rational reasons to prepare. All right, so I just want to give a, a little bit of comment commentary here. Um, I completely agree with Linda, and I'm glad this is number one. Um, again, I've always said this, you know, living on the Gulf Coast, it's very easy to talk to people about hurricanes and why you should be prepared. You know when hurricane season comes along, and if you are prepared beforehand, you don't have to go face the uh, the crowds and only get hominy, right? Because that's the only thing that's left on the uh, on the on the shelves. One thing that I wish you wouldn't have done, I wish you wouldn't have included like EMP attacks and solar flares. Those are always possible, but they're not as probable. Um, You know, it's easier to talk about hurricanes and earthquakes. Again, if you're talking to someone in Tornado Alley about tornadoes, they know exactly what you mean. Um, They, you know, when they hear the sirens or they get the alerts, they don't sit around and say, okay, let me finish my coffee or let me make a few, you know, let me do a few errands or whatever. I mean, they head to the shelter. So when we talk about these natural disasters, um it's it's very easy for people to understand that and why you need to be prepared. Now, every single one of these, like you're gonna prepare differently from a hurricane than from a wildfire. A wildfire, you're gonna be prepared to leave. And when you leave, you're gonna be prepared to uh, get out with what you need, right? You're gonna have your your bug out bags and things like that. So you talk to people in California about wildfires. They know exactly what you're talking about. You talk to people about flooding. They know, you know, people who have flooded before, people who have experienced that before, they know exactly what you're talking about. So, all of these different natural disasters have different means to prepare and different ways that you need to prepare. But it is that uh, entry into preparedness and a reason why you can talk about being prepared and, and why they need to uh, move forward with having some plans and uh, gear and, and, and preps in place. Again, when I say gear, um, you know, keep that uh, with with the specific natural disaster that we're talking about here. Uh, the way that I'm going to prepare for a hurricane in, in Houston is going to be very, very different than preparing for a wildfire, right? So again, one of those reasons to or to to remind people to get ready for disasters to prepare and uh, it's very just a rational one i mean everyone who has experienced these natural disasters will be able to understand that and if you can talk from that point of view it would be very helpful all right so let's go ahead and jump to number two number two is history often repeats itself now the great stock market crash which took place october 29th 1929 That would later be known as the start of the Great Depression, not only took a major toll on the United States economy, but most of the countries around the world. Millions of families were forced into welfare, something that was considered utterly humiliating at that time. As many as 15 million Americans were left without work, and those that weren't unemployed still had a difficult time keeping food on the table. This dramatic event is something that we could be heading towards again because, as they say, History has a way of repeating itself. All the warning signs are already dangerously pointing in this direction, with the drastic decline of the purchasing power of the US dollar or inflation, and also with the undeniable challenges of the world economy with so many companies on pause or closed altogether. It is important to remember that most often disasters or economic challenges come our way with no fault of our own, economic challenges are just one of the many reasons why you need to be prepared. Again, I highly agree with uh, Linda on this one. History does repeat itself. And if anyone is paying attention, if they're paying attention to the economy, if they're paying attention to food prices and how food is going up, and they're paying attention to what their dollar used to buy, then this is an easy road into talking about why you need to be prepared. And so again, going back to the COVID thing and where so many people have lost their jobs, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute, um, that's the, actually the next one. But that feeds right into this uh, you know to, into the economy and the whole world is feeling it. I think I read here recently that um, the national debt is going to exceed more than uh, what we bring in, right? And so I just that's hard to imagine. Um, that they are just spending money like crazy. And so at some point, you cannot keep that up. At some point, I I know there's a lot of people out there that say, especially in the preparedness community, that watch the financial aspect of it. And even people like Chris Martinson, I remember from Peak Prosperity, I've heard him talk about this, that I'm surprised it's gone on as long as it has, because you can't just continue to print money or to uh, spend money and not have some kind of reckoning at some point. At some point, things are going to uh, start to, to, to crash. And again, this is one reason why a lot of people say we need the great reset, because they know that the financial system is not going to work. So in order to get to a point where, when that begins to happen or before that begins to happen, they say, okay, we're ready to reset the whole world economy and, and get it going on a, on a good setting so that we don't repeat this where, you know, economies are crashing and, and all that kind of stuff is happening. So again, that's, if people are paying attention, it's very easy to talk about that and just talk about, you know, the economy and how, you know, we're, we're spending so much money. You can always look at the stock market and they're always saying the stock market is good is going up and one question is have you know that you can ask someone who is uh, you know who mentions that or when that when the economy comes up is have you have you experienced a better economy or better finances because the stock market has gone up and the answer is going to be no you've experienced more again prices going up and your your dollar buying less And so that stock market is not necessarily tied to, you always hear Wall Street is not tied to Main Street. And uh, very important there. So if anybody is paying attention and anybody is really paying attention to their their pocketbook and their finances, they would agree with this. And so it, it does make sense. It's very rational to be prepared because of this. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to number three. Number three is job loss or unemployment. So back in March, when COVID-19 was shutting down thousands of businesses, many of us Americans were sent home from work without a paycheck. Slowly, places started opening back up, but there were still millions of Americans without jobs to support their families. This opened our eyes to how fragile our lives really were and that no job was guaranteed. If you were to lose your job and face unemployment sometime in the future, how would you feed your family? This is why a pantry that's stocked full of food is so important for every family to have. It's like an insurance policy that one day you may have to tap into when times are lean. Also, having some money set aside provides comfort and confidence that you can face future challenges that come your way. So there's a lot of people that would identify with this right now especially in America. A lot of people that are hurting, uh, you know, we talk about food pantries that are, and when I say food pantries, like um, assistance, you know, where you can go and you can get some groceries for the week or whatever. They are, you know, so busy. They're running out of food and, and, and they they just, so, there's such a, a need out there right now. And uh, I, I know that I've seen pictures uh, in, in Texas and in the Houston area with lines that, were very very long. People waiting to get food for the week. So this is very this is one that a lot of people can um, can can really truly buy into because if you haven't lost your job and you still have a job and you're still getting paid, you are very blessed right now but there's no doubt that you know someone who has lost their job. And there's no doubt that you know someone who is in financial, a financial crunch right now in their own finances because of a job loss. Now, I agree with um, Linda here when she talks about having a food pantry, Uh, having a food pantry of, you know, two months, six months, man, that gives you a little bit of breathing room. Because right now what we're experiencing with the whole COVID thing is there are you know, in some places they're allowing you to uh, not pay rent right now, or maybe they're not turning off the utilities on you, but you would still need to eat. And if you have, uh, if you're in the situation and you have a couple of months worth of food or six months worth of food or a year worth of food, it buys you a lot of time because you're not worried. I mean, when you're hungry and you're starving and you're worried about where the next meal is going to come, that is a lot of stress. And so if you can, mitigate that stress and that anxiety by having a food pantry how powerful is that and then she talked a little bit about money so what about having an emergency fund so that is another way to break into the preparedness uh, conversation you know we have emergency funds why do we have emergency funds well because if there is a financial crunch if you lose your job you want to be able to continue uh, with a roof over your head and and you want to continue with utilities and all those kinds of things so that is another entry into talking to someone about being prepared. And uh, most, most people would not argue with you about having an emergency fund to be able to pay for these things. And, but that, again, is an entry in there. So you, when you're talking about emergency funds, you can bring up the food pantry. And that, is, that just makes a lot of sense for people who are rational. And again, the, the important piece there is for people who are rational and people who are thinking things through and realize the possibilities of what could happen. All right, number four is death or serious injury of a family member. Now, this is one that nobody likes to talk about, but the death of an immediate family member could take a huge toll on the finances and well-being of a family, especially if it, is, if it happens to be the breadwinner who has passed away. A life insurance policy will only get you so far and it's only a matter of time before you'll have to have another solution to keep food on the table. You may also be losing a number of survival skills that could have helped you or your family during a disaster. You could also experience a situation where the breadwinner hasn't deceased but has serious injuries that prevent him or her from working another day in their life having an extra supply of food could hold you over until you come or you can come up with another way of making ends meet all right another reason there and unfortunately when people get to this point right here i mean it is it's like come on you, you don't it's hard for someone to imagine that a loved one or maybe they don't want to imagine a loved one not being around but if you can get them to think about what would happen if they weren't around then that is, uh, you know, th- that should h- help to open up their eyes a little bit. And It's a conversation that maybe you have with some elderly parents. Uh, maybe if they live on their own, but one of them passes away, and and the their income, they're able to make it on their own with with uh, both of them living. If one of them passes away, what would happen? And so. Definitely one of those reasons why to prepare, have emergency funds, and and all those different kinds of things. So, um, death or a serious injury of a family member is a, a good rationale. Number five is prepping saves you money. Now, you may not agree with me on this one, but prepping can actually save you money in the long run. That's because you'll be buying a lot of your food in bulk, which will save you precious pennies for every pound that you buy. With this, along with fewer trips to the grocery store, you'll end up saving more money. I completely agree with, uh, buying in bulk, but it's not only that is any purchase that you make now, again, going back to food costs and things like that. And not only that, not only food costs, but packages. So either, um, they are keeping the same size package, but increasing the price or they're reducing the size of the package. And, uh, uh, Keeping the price, or oh, maybe I said that wrong, right? So reducing the size of the package and keeping the same price, or uh, making the or keeping the package and increasing the price. There you go. I can get it out. <laughs> so you know, a lot of people are experiencing that. Talk talk to someone about how much food costs right now, and and you can get them talking about man, it does make sense. If you know, can you imagine what it's going to be like in six months? And so you know, whatever you buy now is going to save you money later on. Of course, when you talk about food, you want to talk about rotation and and different things like that, but it is a way to get people in, Uh, you know, just talking about gas, you know, prepping saves you money. Now um, the the whole, the the gas price thing um, is not, you know, you're not going to be storing up a lot of gas, right? It's not like storing up food in your food pantry. But you can have those conversations or just kind of get people started. Uh, I can remember when gas was eighty eight cents a gallon when I was driving. And uh, some of you can remember it when it was even cheaper than that. And uh, I can remember when it skyrocketed too, right? When it was like uh, three four dollars a gallon. And uh, now it's, uh, you know it's it's back to uh, it's definitely not three or four dollars a gallon, but it's going up again. And so you can talk to people about, you know, or have that conversation and get started that way and then move into, man, yeah, it just seems like everything is going up. And so again, that is an entryway to talk about preparedness. Those that are rational will start to understand. It makes sense to be a little prepared because the prices that you pay now are going to be a lot less than what you have to pay later on talk to somebody who is trying to find ammo right now. And when they find ammo, how much it costs compared to what it cost five years ago. I mean, anybody that is looking for ammo right now would love to pay the prices from five years ago. And five years ago, we were saying, man, that's a lot of money too. And so just prices are going to continue to go up. And so what you can buy now is going to be less expensive than a few months, a few years down the road. All right. Number six, Never run out of personal items again. Have you ever needed a new toothbrush because yours accidentally fell into the toilet? For all the women out there, have you ever been out in public and realized that you desperately needed a tampon? Uh, maybe not, but I'm sure you, you've you been in want of something and you didn't have it available at the time. This can be painful to face depending upon your situation. When you're a prepper, you always have an extra stash of those personal items so that you're not left in a messy situation. You just have to remember to replenish that supply when you use those items in your time of need. All right, so I have a, a funny story here. So when my son moved out, when he, you know, with his uh, with my daughter in law, and they moved out, he was always used to having whatever he needed here in the house. So if he needed deodorant, it was here. If he needed soap or shampoo, it was always here. A new toothbrush, it was always here. And when you go out and you're living in your own, on your own and uh, you're living off of your own dime and you're living in an apartment with not a lot of room to prep, you know that was one of the conversations that we had. It's like, hey, I've always been used to having this there. It's always there, and uh, you know, so that's one of those positive things that you always have uh, things in w- when you need them. And so going back to the whole toilet paper thing, I know people make fun of me for that, and it's uh, it's a you know, it's one of those funny conversation pieces, but you know, those who, who ran out of toilet paper or who were concerned about toilet paper, if you stock up on what you need and maybe you don't, you know, you don't fill your whole entire spare bedroom with toilet paper, but you have enough to be able to get you through to where you're not having to buy the John Wayne toilet paper. You're, uh, you know, you'll, you'll feel a little bit better. So, uh, that is just one of those reasons to uh, to have that conversation, and it could be one of those funny reasons. I mean, you know, one of those funny uh, rationales to go ahead and start a conversation about about uh, being prepared. So, talking with someone like, "Hey, I, I hope there's not another run on toilet paper," and so you know, you just start the conversation there, and uh, you know, kind of go from there. Oh, they might think you're crazy if you're stocking up on toilet paper, but. Uh, when they're using the John Wayne sandpaper, toilet paper, uh, they're gonna wish they did. <laughs> All right. Number seven, you didn't consider your grandparents crazy. Now, a vast majority of us would never say that our grandparents or great grandparents were crazy, right? Well, you may not have thought about this before, but your grandparents were more than likely preppers themselves. During World War II, many families had patriotic victory gardens that were used to help sustain not only their own families. But also help with the war effort in any way that they could. Many grandmothers were also big into canning food that they could store throughout the winter. If that isn't a prepper, what is? In case you missed this post, what to plant in a victory garden? So you can click here. So uh, there's a couple of links here that definitely you can always uh, go visit uh, Linda's article, and you can always click to you know these these uh, articles and get some more information, go a little bit deeper into what she's talking about. But how important is that, right? Going back to, again, part of the problem is the word prepper. And we go back to, you know, the doomsday preppers and all that kind of stuff. And just, you know, if we can do away with all of that and go back and we can talk about our grandparents and our great grandparents and how they, they didn't have 24 seven Walmarts open, you know, they didn't have Amazon where you could order something and it would be at your door the next day they had to prepare. And not only that, if they had a victory garden or they had uh, a garden at all, they would save their seeds from year to year. They wouldn't go to Home Depot or order, you know, online or anything like that. They would just save their seeds from uh, year to year. And it was just something that was understood. It was just something that was done. And that's the way they lived. And so that is one of those things where we can kind of go back to and say, hey, look, people have the way that we live now in modern day life is, is not normal compared to all of history. And so we have this, maybe we go back 50, 60, 70 years. I mean, we've with technology and advancements and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, life, modern life has completely changed. If you take somebody from the 1800s and you bring them into where we are, they wouldn't. Even if you took somebody from the 1940s, or so what we're talking about here, where uh, they had their victory gardens, and you brought them into, you know, the 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 day and age that we live now, they wouldn't believe it. I mean, they would think it's it crazy the way that we live. And so that is fairly new, though. The 70, 80 years that that we've had. You know, from that time, the the most of history people prepared. Most of most of history people looked to the future, and they if they didn't have seed, well, they they were going to starve. And that's an easy way to get into a conversation about preparedness, saying that hey, our modern way of life is it sustainable the way that we're going, and maybe have that conversation. And so that might be a way to uh, go ahead and start it. All right, number eight, our government is preparing. Do you remember hearing in the news about Russia and the country that the country was preparing over 40 million of its citizens for a national emergency? It's true. Back in 2016, they practiced multiple nationwide nuclear readiness drills to ensure and to test that every one of their citizens had the ability to get beneath the ground as soon as possible once notified. While the United States has never directly gone to these great links before, They do have agencies that prepare, organize, and gather supplies that will be needed to help with the emergency response following a disaster. You should too. So, in the craziness of our world, I don't know if you would want to bring this one up, but this is one that, uh, you know, because you could always point to, you know, people always pointed back to uh, FEMA during uh, Hurricane Katrina and how they weren't prepared, Um, and so you know, you can always, you can always go that way. They've, they've done a lot better since that time. They, have they've realized that, uh, uh, some things that they needed to, uh, fix and to, uh, be better prepared, but the, you could use the other version of this, right? The other side of this, our government is not prepared to help everyone. Our government couldn't help everyone if multiple disasters were happening at the same time. So, those that depend on government and those that are expecting FEMA to come rolling in with, uh, with their trucks and with water or with meals ready to eat or whatever it might be. Um, if you were to bring up the, uh, the rationale that, you know, if a couple of things were going on all at once, they wouldn't be able to sustain that. And so because our government is not prepared for everyone to need them, that's a big reason that we should be prepared and prepare ourselves. And, you know, I'm going to throw in a number nine here. One of the thoughts or one of the conversations that you can have is especially if someone has kids is asking them to think about what would it be like if you were in an emergency situation and you had to look at your kids and they did not have and and they're looking at you and you don't have a plan. And so they're looking at you as, the, as their father. They're looking to you as their their mother. They're looking to you as a person who always knows what to do. But in an emergency situation, because you weren't prepared, because you didn't have any plans, because you didn't have any food, because you didn't have you know some, some cash put back, they're looking to you and it's like, okay, what are we going to do here? And you, because you're not ready or prepared, then they see the, the anxiety on your face. They see the stress on your face and that causes them to be stressed out as well. And do you, would you want to be in that situation? Would you want to be in that uh, place where your kids were worried because you didn't have any kind of answer? versus getting into a situation and say, Hey, we've got this. No problem. I've lost my job, but we have plenty of food. We have some money, you know, socked away or, Hey, there is, and you know, a hurricane coming, but don't worry. We've got plenty of lights. Uh, there's a blizzard coming and, uh, we might lose electricity, but we've got ways to keep warm and we have food and we have ways to cook and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a big difference in that. And then, you know, your are able to pass that information and that uh, trust in, in, in self-reliance to your family members and to your kids uh, living that way. I know that Linda, the author of this of this article, has talked about that before in the past. I know in an interview, she had mentioned that uh, part of the things that you know happened back in the day that she didn't realize that they were in a situation because they were prepared. And there's a lot of people that can say that as well. And so if you can always draw from that, I think that would be important. All right, so let me go ahead and finish this article out here. There's a final word, just uh, two sentences. Um, These are all rational reasons why everyone should consider being a prepper, no matter who they are. What are some other rational reasons to prepare? I'd love to hear what you have to say in the comments below. May God bless the world, Linda. So there are 24 uh, thoughts here, 24 comments that you can always go. And um, Linda has a great community over there. A lot of people sharing information and uh, giving other great ideas. Well, everyone, that's it for episode 680. Hey, don't forget, like always, I'm going to link to this article so that you can go and click on it and uh, visit Food Storage Moms and all the great information that she has over there. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app, and that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.